Hello and welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So, pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 137 and today's episode, Managing Digital Devices, I'm in conversation with my lovely daughter, Catherine. Back by popular demand, as so many of you have written in to say how helpful you found our joint episode on neurodiversity and her specific journey through that. And I thought we were talking, Catherine and I, about, you know, could we do another episode together? And, and actually, it was Catherine's idea that we could do one on digital devices and social platforms. The reason why I think it's so helpful having Catherine on is that she'll be able to offer her perspective as a teen and a current 20-year-old, but also adding that extra dimension for those of you who will be listening and will want some additional sort of aspects that relate specifically to those with neurodiversity. What I want us before we kind of get really stuck into the conversation. What I want to do is start by being super clear that whilst I'm a parenting expert, my expertise is not specifically in managing digital devices. I myself have had to navigate this minefield, um, as it sometimes felt. I've, I've had to navigate that as much as you are now trying to navigate it. And I was arguably, probably in an easier position than you are now, because when I was raising my two children, digital devices and social platforms weren't quite as pervasive as they appear to be now in young people's lives. What I'm hoping you'll gain from my conversation with Catherine is just real world reality from a lived through perspective so that you yourself can take this into your own family and make your own choices because there is absolutely no right way to manage this. It's about creating bespoke solutions for your family. So, welcome, Catherine. Hello. <laughs> Let's start. I think, Catherine, probably the best place to start is why don't you just share with everybody what your journey was with digital devices and social platforms? Well, my journey, considering my age and with around friends, my digital journey was quite delayed not because of anything just I think the age in which I got devices and social media in comparison to my friends was quite late for example I had my first phone personal phone at 11 and that was because I'd gone into secondary school and it was a way for you to keep in contact with me in case anything happened and that was it was just a Nokia it wasn't anything super fancy it wasn't an iPhone but I think a year before I had bought an iPad and that had been a hundred percent with my own money I think you may be in a little bit so I'd had experience, obviously, with technology and screen time and managing it before I went to my own personal phone. And then even before that, back when I was probably about eight, nine, Charles, my brother, had a Wii and I was allowed to go on it, but being very mindful of how much time I spent on it. And it was a gift, you know, for Charles. And so obviously I had to be respectful of that. But also the age limits on the games, you know, I was eight, nine, so making sure that the games I was playing were age appropriate. Yeah, because I think that was the pretty much the rule that I can remember from when you were younger was that everything was very much taken as the guidance. So if the mm. if the game said eight, you were able to play it. If the game said ten or eleven, then you weren't. No, and I just I understood that and you know thought, you know, there's a there's a reason why it's on there. It's not just gonna be some mean person sitting in a boardroom saying no we won't let her play that so I was just always very gracious and realized that for a reason I might not like it now but when I grow up I'll probably understand why it's on there and I think I have I think you're being quite we'll talk a little bit more as well post phone and what then happened in terms of your access 
to other social platforms. But I think you're being quite, you know, you were very compliant, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, do you remember at times wondering why you were... Yes. <laughs> yes. I think it was just a natural curiosity and thinking, okay, why are these rules actually in place? Like, is there a reason? And then thinking, you know, if mum's saying it, there probably is a very valid reason as to why, you know, you, you, you know, kept the iPad downstairs. It was never really allowed in my bedroom. Even though it was mine, it was a, look, Catherine, bring it downstairs. If it's upstairs, it has to be downstairs before you go to bed. It won't be in your room. I, I remember thinking at the time, oh, she's been so mean to me. She doesn't like me. And then looking back, now I'm like, that's probably a really good idea. But I think you still keep your phone downstairs. I'm a bit guilty. I take it upstairs. Okay, before we start getting on to what you're doing now as an adult, because there's a, there's a big difference um, in terms of, I guess, how tech was managed at home and, and then the, you being able to make those decisions. So in terms of digital devices, so you got a mobile phone when you were 11 and it was a sort of a basic, ordinary, no, um, not a smartphone. Yeah, and it wasn't an iphone it was you know like a mod it wasn't something like it wasn't like the brand new iphone i think it had it was touchscreen but it was mainly so that when i was getting the bus to and from school you could communicate with me and then i got a phone maybe a year year and a half later and that was an iphone but it was your old iphone that i think even charles had had so it was technically like third hand so it wasn't like i'd gone straight from nothing to brand new iphone okay so you've now got a digital smartphone yep you're 12 talk us through what your journey was then in terms of social platforms in terms of social platforms i didn't actually have any i was at i remember because i was at my first at secondary school i had no social platforms obviously like you had youtube but it was men just like watch videos i wasn't posting anything on it um messaging friends like through phone numbers and then when i obviously moved i think to my other secondary school I ended up going to I think then I turned I would have been just over 13 13 and a half and at that point I got social media I got Instagram and my account was and still is a private account so if someone follows it I can see who they are and then let them see the account or I can decline it and I kept that up for many years just Instagram and then I probably about three four years later we were talking about Snapchat, which again is quite, I think it's quite prevalent. It was, you know, 2018, it was coming up. I think I'd peg, I'd like, I, you know, like I was annoying you about it. And you're like, oh no, we'll go to Charles because, you know, my older brother had it. And then Charles, I like, hope oh, we'll get it. And I got that at seven, at 16 and a half, which for my generation, I felt really old getting into it because I, a, lot, a lot of my friends have had it since they were like 12, 13, I think, for the app. I think there is an age limit. A lot of people like lied about their age. I was like, you had to lie about your age. I was like, no, I was seven, I was sixteen. I didn't have to lie about my age. And, and this is quite an interesting one. So you know, as I said at the beginning, you know, I think that I genuinely navigated it probably through a much easier time. But how did you navigate that period of time at school when I'm guessing everybody had it and you felt you were like the only person who didn't? It was very hard. I, I I remember when I got Instagram, I was thankful I moved to a new school so I could use that to communicate with people. But I went there about 2016 and that was the height of Snapchat when it started to really explode and to, you know, take shape. But one thing that did help me in that is the school that I went to, we had a strict no phones policy. The minute you walked into their gates, 
your phone goes away and it doesn't come out. Obviously, if you're on a lesson and the teacher's like, you can use your phone to Google something, you Google it, but during lessons and during lunches, you weren't allowed your phone out. And if a teacher caught you with your phone out, I was caught once because I was checking the email. That's how sad I was, I was checking an email. They take your phone, they put it in the office and you go collect it at the end of the day and you just basically sign something being like, I use my phone. And then after, if you get caught multiple times, you then get a detention. But that was very helpful because it meant as soon as we got into school, there was no phones. Obviously, people had phones, but I was like, well, the phone's not going to be out. Mm. It's in my bag, so we could talk that way. But how did you then navigate it? Because I think what I generally get a lot of parents will say to me is, is the way that that children will talk about them being excluded from conversations outside mm. school and after school because they don't, like, everyone's on Snapchat, I'm not on Snapchat. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had my fair share of those moments, especially when going through kind of secondary school. I, I didn't I didn't have Snapchat through my entire secondary school journey. And it was, I did feel quite left out and it was at a time again when it was on the rise, so everyone had it. And you were very conscious as a parent to make sure that I was staying safe and making sure a lot of a lot of my friends' parents, I don't think, were as keyed in. No fault of their own. They just didn't have that sort of relationship. But I was quite glad that we did. So it felt a bit left out. But equally, I had very good friends that would keep me in the loop with things. And I was still on Instagram. They could still message me. It wasn't like I dropped off the face of the earth when I walked out of school. But it did feel at some time, at some point, very, very lonely and isolating because I was like, oh, I don't have a social media. Everyone's on it. But then I, you know, I had to take a step back and be like, okay. They can still message me if they want to. I'm not. I don't live in the dark age. Everyone's like living in the new age. So yeah. Do you think that that was made easier because of the 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 types of friendships that you had these really good friendships, and that you were relatively secure in who you were? Mm, Definitely. Like I I moved schools and like I wasn't being comfortable in school. I felt so comfortable in this school. It definitely helped because I knew the friends I was making. I was making for life. I'm still very good. I'm still very close with one of my friends that I made there. And so I, I was less aware of it being an issue. I think if I had had it at maybe like the first secondary school where I felt really left out, it would have helped me a bit that I then would have like masked the problem instead of actually dealing with it. But making good friendships is vital because it, you can then, they then know why you're not on social media. They're not going to berate you for it. They're not going to mm. make you feel guilty. They're not going to make you feel left out and they'll include you in conversations. So if you weren't messaging on Snapchat, how were you could obviously there'll be parents listening to this who have who are literally having their ears bent consistently about being on snapchat and being told that that's the only way that people message and of course as an adult i mean i don't have snapchat but as an adult my assumption is well you know just just message either through i messages or text messages or other way did you feel comfortable that people could get hold of you if they needed and wanted to if people really needed to get hold of me they had because instagram has a message feature they could message me you know we were friends so it's not like they weren't friends they couldn't get through the account block but they were friends so they could message me it wasn't like you know i was completely left out of the loop and but we didn't used to really text each other on like iMessage. i don't know if it was like a generational thing now i'm still trying to get used to texting people on iMessage. but i think it was just a generational thing because this because snapchat just exploded Everyone was on it. Everyone's like, oh, you're on Snapchat. Oh, well, okay. I'm not on it. <laughs> but one good thing was, well, obviously, we'd come out of school, everyone's phones would come out, and then I would walk, I'd walk home, and more often than not, I'd walk with them for about 20 minutes before we split up, and then I'd meet them in the morning to walk with them. So in reality, I wasn't actually away from them that often. And if they, again, if they really wanted to message me, we were still talking on Instagram. 
Yeah. So there was a there was a, yeah that cultivation of the in person as well as the online yeah. contact with your friends. One of the things I want to ask you about from the perspective, and this this is obviously you know I talk a lot about the idea that the teen years is just this whole angst ridden time where you're constantly worried about judgment, fitting in, how other people see you, and just wanting to be accepted. How did the fact that you were very late to social platforms, and then once you got social platforms, how did that? affect how you felt about yourself when you were using those social platforms so for example teens will often say to me that they'll be scrolling through their feeds and feeling that everyone else's life is so much better they're going to parties they're being excluded from things how did you find that because you were then on those platforms that little bit later than your peers i think it's remembering that instagram and snapchat it is a literal snapshot in time their whole life doesn't look like that. I guarantee you, if you look at my Instagram, you go, oh, she lives a great life. My life is not like that. That is literally one picture. There is a whole lead up. I think there's one picture on my Instagram of me and my brother looking all lovely in Cyprus. And what you can't see behind that picture is mum literally having a go at me for not smiling that entire day. Like there is, it's trying to remember that there is a whole other thing behind that picture. If you look at that picture, it's like, oh, it's a wonderful picture between her and her brother. No, <laughs> here. If you turned on it and if you went back to that moment, you'd hear mum go, Catherine, smile, please. Okay. Now, parents will be listening to this thinking, oh, my goodness me, that's such a together person. That's such a great way of looking at it. But obviously, you didn't view it that way all of the time. So how is are you saying this with with hindsight as a 20-year-old who's very secure? Or were there moments you were able to look at it that way? How did you keep yourself balanced? Reminding myself to just step back. And again, I multiply this. I think my screen time at one point got very bad. Um, it's just learning to just kind of step back. And be like, okay, I'm with family. I'm with friends. I'm here. Let's enjoy the moment. Let's try and be present rather than like looking at Instagram, scrolling. Like, oh, she's on holiday. She's got you know, look at her by the pool. It's okay. Sit, breathe. I'm in a comfortable place by myself. And it's also how I use my Instagram and my social media. I don't really follow that many like models and stuff i normally follow a lot of car accounts so it all depends on what you're looking at and that's not to say that if you follow model people that it's a bad thing to follow but it's just learning you know for me if i see lots of like fitness influencers being really skinny it makes me feel bad so it's monitoring what i'm looking at not from an external force not like you mum going you look at too many you know you look at too many fitness influencers that's bad it's me as myself going Okay, I can feel myself in a bit of a bad place because I'm not feeling great about my body. Do I really want to go on Instagram and look at people working out and then realising that's a snapshot and it's artificial and stuff like that? So part of it is you're carefully curating your feed mm-hmm. by only following things that have genuine interest and I guess not following things that are likely to make you feel bad. Yeah. Where did that wisdom, because you sound incredibly wise, it, and do you know what? I'd love to take the credit, yeah. but I can't because Catherine's... Lot done a lot of work it's just unfortunately it is a lot of trial and error it's a lot of you know i've heard someone say something that is like oh there's no right answers in wrong in life only wrong ones and i really like that you know there's never going to be like the perfect right answer but unfortunately there's going to be a lot of wrong ones and so growing up and realizing in an age where i think my generation trying to grow up in a world where social media was just being pushed at you realizing that okay everyone's not putting on a face but you know what you're posting isn't everyone's day-to-day life no matter how much they want to say it is and there were times obviously i felt bad and even nowadays if i'm sat at home i'm eating a tub of cookies and someone's oh 
eat a kale like this is kale smoothie and i'm like absolutely not it's just realizing that you know that's their choice and this is mine i will stick with my foods how did you get to that point was that something that you had to go through as a journey did i help you as a parent was it a how you know because i'm thinking you know, it's all well and good. You you have this wonderful wisdom at 20, but there'll be parents listening to this with a 12, 13, 15, whatever age, maybe even an eight-year-old, that they just don't know. I think it was, a, it was a balance between discovering it myself and you kind of letting me, okay, if you want to do this, this is your journey, but equally having the support for a parent in terms of, you know, you are who you are, and that's wonderful, and I love you, and I would always love you for who you are. And then having that mindset going into social media so that when I was looking at stuff and feeling bad about myself, I'm like, oh, I don't look like that. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. My family love me. I love me. Do I really need to look like a stranger on the internet just for this? And so it, I'm still developing it. There's still days where I scroll and I'm like, oh, I don't feel that great. But it's just learning that you have a support network around you. Thank you for sharing that. And then finally, before we move on to the next question, in terms of your journey, What's the last social platform that you got and at what age? The last social platform that I got was, I'm trying to think, ah, it was TikTok. Back in, I must have downloaded it in 2019, but I only started properly posting on it back in 2020. And I, it was, it was the time I started getting into Formula One. And I was like, well, I'll just post a couple of funny videos because why not? And then it kind of snowballed from there. I post once, twice a day, but I'm still quite good now. I post and then I turn the phone off. I don't sit there and watch the lights. I'm just like, no, I'll post it and I'll leave it. But TikTok, I feel like, again, it's, it, I, that one I actually did get in line with the time is then I got it just before it exploded, right before lockdown. Um, and I was using it over lockdown. But then that was the last one I got. And even then, I think I see, I'll be scrolling through my feed and I'll see you know, young children. I'm like, oh, you remember being that young? <laughs> I will just say that Catherine is being very modest in that her TikTok, I'm not on TikTok, and you all know I'm TikTok, TikTok. I'm not on social platforms at all. But Catherine uh, is an avid Formula One fan and has a TikTok account with how many followers? 14.9,000. Nearly 15,000 followers. Yeah. And um, has been asked and interviewed on BBC Newsbeat <laughs> several times now. So she's being very modest. Okay, next question. How do you use your device and your social platforms? Talk us through how you use them. I'm just going to preface to interrupt things there. We had so much to talk about that we weren't able to fit it into one episode. So you'll have to listen for part two in the next episode. <laughs>